The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Habs and Minded. This off-season, it's off-season everywhere in the world. First and foremost, we have to say something uh, about the situation that was revealed just a couple of hours ago. I'm not sure that Anton, who is in Great Britain, has heard the news. But the Great British ice hockey season has been postponed and cancelled for the full season. Uh, it it uh, hampers your uh, incitement a little bit because you were going to Cardiff to watch the Devils play, one of the best logos in the hockey world. But um, it's 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 a it's a terrible terrible blow for for English hockey, really, isn't it? Yeah, and it's terrible for me as well because that's obviously why I moved here to watch British hockey. So, yeah, no, no, it's actually it's actually really sad that they're postponing the season altogether. Like, why? Um, I I'm thinking as well that since they broke this new rule about uh, not allowing people gatherings for like six people or more, uh, the British Hockey League wouldn't have had the opportunity to have any kind of uh, audience or like a crowd and that probably makes the uh, for, for a small league like the British Hockey League they probably rely a lot on just having people showing up and uh, otherwise they would have a hard hard time paying the bills um, travel costs and all that yeah and and Philip uh, Saxen very good journalist out of Finland he just said also that the British Hockey League has cancelled the 2021 season. They can't uh, get enough crowds into the arena. They need mm. at least 75% of the capacity in the arena to be mm. filled. And the situation is similar in Finland. Yeah, that, that's weird. That's mm. really, really bad news in many ways because yeah. Finland, the, the Liga is maybe yeah, the third best league in Europe for sure. Mm. Uh, and having a league like that, uh, postponing a full season, that could really impact a lot of different things. Finland has been quite... Um, they have had a limited number of corona cases, but they are holding a very firm grip on not trying to you know, let go of the rules too fast, I'm guessing. Um, but yeah, if like it, it would be it would be terrible for the Finnish league if they wouldn't play. And, and also, like... Yeah, I, I don't, I don't really know what, what would, what would come of the players. Would they go on loan? Would they? Yeah, I don't, I have no idea what would happen with Liga. Yeah, it's about what 14, 15 teams in in Liga, and uh, that's thirty players per team. That's a yeah. lot of, of of players that suddenly hits the market, and and might have to cancel their careers, etc. And it mm. just shows how fickle uh, the leagues are. Uh, it's also shown a little bit in in articles in Sweden that 50% of of the capital that some clubs has will be lost due to uh, if there is a season without any crowds at all in the stands. Mm. Uh, so so this hurts a lot, and 
it will hurt a lot. I mean, it hurts society a lot. Uh, obviously, mm. you're in the last couple of days for quarantine in, in Wales in order to get your new gig going, and we're thankful mm. that you take the time here, Anton. Um, but but a I lot of nothing else to do. <laughs> When you're in current quarantine, you, you 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 jump on every chance to join a podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. I so do. everyone that listens and, and uh, hosting other shows, get in contact with Anton. You got <laughs> two more days. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, but looking at what happened with with Montreal, uh, mm. there's been uh, some movement, a start of some movements. Joel Edmondson has been acquired, or the rights for Joel Edmondson has been acquired. Uh, from the Carolina Hurricanes for a fifth round pick, um, a lot has. Th there is a lot of confusion about this, um, and, and what's your take, Anton, from the start? I mean, the confusion is mostly because Edmondson is seen as a third pair defenseman uh, who is coming off a disappointing season if you look at advanced stats and advanced metrics, and also because he has quite a high salary and his contract is up on October 9th. So he has 3.25 million, I think, um, for last season. And the fear is probably that Mark Bergevin sees this big defenseman and will remake the Carl Alsner uh, signing that he did a few years ago, and that still hurts the Canadians cap-wise. Um, but uh, let's hope, because obviously it seemed when you listen to Mark Bergevin in, in press conferences and, and um, similar, that he has learned from his mistake, that the league is trending towards um, more speed on defense as well, and that Edmondson, more than anything else, is seen as um, a, comp what can you say, a, 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 not a backup, but someone who can take the role that Christian Foline, Xavier Olet, and, and players like that has had with the Canadians for this season. Someone who can be a stable um, second, third pairing defenseman, and who, if they now manage to sign him, that they won't sign him for too much money. Maybe two years, two and a half million, that would probably be all right, and that wouldn't hurt the Canadians who are in a very good position cap-wise for this season. Um, that wouldn't hurt them very much, and that would give some insurance for, for a guy like Alexander Romanov, naturally, um, who is coming over, and we don't know what he will be during his rookie season. But also, there has been some speculation that maybe this is the start of a bigger thing. Maybe Mark Bergman is planning something. There has been talk about Vince Dunn for, from, from the Blues, for example, and there has been talk about maybe shipping Joel Edmondson back to St. Louis because of the fact that um, the Blues are cap, um, they are tight on the cap, and Colton Pareko really liked playing with Joel Edmondson. So perhaps there is something in the works there. Perhaps um, they were talking about that when when the Jake Allen trade happened as well. We don't know. Uh, it, it remains to be seen. Uh, you touch on a few things, and, and I really have to recommend an article on Eyes on the Prize that uh, David San Louis and uh, Nathan and I uh, wrote up about uh, Jake Edmondson. And it's, it's a really interesting article, and, and they're analyzing quite a bit of difference. Uh, I think David, Louis, or David San Louis also uh, made mm. a article in regards to a video analyst um, yeah. uh, of, of Jake Edmondson. So it's really, really good. Uh, you can find a lot of information there. Um, I obviously straight up went to to uh, look at Alexander Romanov's stats, and uh, we we spoke a little bit about the Josh Allen trade, uh, Jake Allen trade. 
Jake Allen trade. Yeah. Jake Allen trade. Uh, a lot of correct, names, you you yeah. corrected me like five times before we started this. So it's, it's, <laughs> well, it's, there is a Josh Allen as well. Yeah. So. And I think it was, is it Josh in, in American football as well, isn't it? Yeah, there are two two Josh Allens in the NFL. So. Yeah. So, and I've been watching a lot of NFL the last two days. So, yeah, yeah. that's probably why. Uh, but anyways, uh, Jake Allen trade, uh, much in the same way as you get someone uh, to... Uh, replace and rest the player that you want to have rested for for, for the more important games. Um, Alexander Romanov hasn't really played more than 60 games in, mm. in over a season and 15, 20 of those games has been with the junior team uh, in, in the international competitions in World Juniors. So so I think you, you could see him, as you say, as a replacement to Foligno, Olet, etc., etc., someone that is there to give other guys a rest, especially a young guy coming over, adapting to a new system, because he has played on, on American-sized eyes, because half the team in KHL has, has North American-sized drinks, and half the, or, or one third has North American-sized drinks, some are, a third has hybrid drinks, and then another That's third so has weird. Olympic-sized drinks. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, he is used to playing on smaller surfaces. We know that. That's not a problem. Seska played for on, on a hybrid rink. So I, I think his adjustment period would be very, very limited uh, or short. But, but when you look at it, it might be good to have someone that come in and play those 20, 25 games, get the kids some rest. The travel is more extensive than, than in KHL because a lot of groups are, are based around Moscow and, and you, you can stay in Moscow for quite a bit. Also last year, I think Kulin played a couple of games in, in Moscow uh, mm. as, a, as in a home team. So it's, it's really a good way of protecting your, your maybe young investment that you have. It's also a potential insurance policy because we saw this season, for example, Ben Charot went down for, for uh, a number of games and there was really no seventh D on the Canadians uh, at the moment. There are AHL defenders and then there are six NHL guys. And we don't know what will happen with a guy like Victor Mete as well, because obviously he has a, he is an RFA and maybe he will be packed into some bigger trade as well, because obviously Victor Mete is only 22 and he would probably be uh, quite interesting for a number of teams. Um, him and Max Domi are both RFAs and maybe they can be shipped in a package together for for something that the Canadians need more. And getting someone like Joel Edmondson, who may not have the best stats, he actually came off his best goal-scoring uh, season of his career uh, this year, but he's only 27, uh, so he's younger than Ben Chirot, and getting an NHL-level defenseman for a fifth-rounder, even if it's just the rights at this moment, if they manage to sign him, I think it's very well handled um I, I think it's well handled by the canadians and i think it's very worth giving up a fifth round considering what they are worth in the nhl draft yeah and i know you just looked into this as well uh previous mm. to to this discussion that what would really is a fifth round pick worth yeah exactly so we we i checked like the drafts from 2013 14 and onwards and we can see that 2018 and 2019 we have no players who have reached the nhl yet which is obviously 
what you expect as well. A fifth round pick is supposed to be developmental and it's supposed to be a few years down the road. But even in 2017's draft, we see that two players have even played a single NHL game. They have combined for 24 games in total. In 2016, we have five players in total out of the 30, then it's just 30, 30 picks, yeah, uh, for 85 games. Then we have an outlier in 2015, which was an outlier altogether, that draft, uh, where we have 11 players who have combined for 762 games. But then in 2014, I mean, that's six years, six years down the road, and only nine players have even played a single game of NHL hockey and combined for 480 games altogether. So there's really a crapshoot when you get into the fifth round. And we can see someone like Jake Evans, um, who was a pick of the 2014 draft. He was a seventh rounder and he reached the NHL this year. So it's really when once you get down to like the fifth or sixth, seventh round, it really doesn't matter. It's like five years down the road. And if you have a lot of picks that they can, which the Canadians do this draft, you might as well take a chance on an NHL level defenseman who can help you now. Also, do you think it the draft will obviously be held uh, virtual? Do you think that makes a difference with with the number of picks that the, the Montreal Canadiens um, collected in order to be on the podium a lot in in the Bell Centre for for the draft at home? Well, now it doesn't really matter because they. Mm. Uh, no, no, the crowd won't be there. There won't be the, the media presence to the same degree, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think that's mainly, I mean, the early picks. I don't think it's as much when you're coming down to like the fifth round. That That is more, I think, to just establish your position and having the ability to uh, just position yourself in the draft if you want to trade up or down, um, that kind of thing, or or do it like, like they did now, just package... Uh, one of the lower tier picks for for an established uh, established uh, asset that you know. Yeah, uh, going back to to the previous trade that we mentioned a little bit is is the Jake Allen trade uh, from St. Louis. Is this the replacement that that we've been looking for to have behind Carey Price? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's only for a season. Um, I mean, people were talking on Twitter about how the Canadians are suddenly spending 15 million a year on goaltenders, which is a bit excessive, of course. But when you consider what the Canadians has had behind Carey Price for the last years, it's been Mike Condon, Dustin Tokarski, Al Montoya, Antti Niemi, Charlie Lindgren, Keith Kincaid. It's just been a crapshoot of bad goaltending. They have not provided the stability and they have forced Carey Price to just yeah they forced him into action having him play up to 60 games a year and that's not something you can do in the long run and I think the Canadians felt when they played in the play-ins and playoffs now during the summer that they are closer than the league table would suggest and they need someone who they can rely on behind Carey Price that was the first priority. Once you got that in Jake Allen, which is naturally due to St. Louis once again being uh, being a bit strangled by the cap, um, I mean, now you can start looking for other parts to, to fill your roster because now you know that you at least have the goalie situation handled for the next year. And once that year is up, perhaps Caden Primo will be ready to take the backup role. Um, 
we don't know how his development will be, but at least now he can focus on playing in the AHL for the upcoming season and being the the starting goaltender there. And then we have guys like uh, Vasily Demchenko, um, who we don't really know what he will be, if he will be in the AHL or, yeah, or if he will be a trade asset. We, we don't really know what he will be yet, but... Now at least they have four or five goalies with Charlie Lindgren, actually six with Michael McNiven um, under contract. So you know that the goaltending situation won't be what it's been for the last number of years. Yeah, and you got D. Shop going over to North America as well, uh, playing mm. and playing hockey and and uh, seeing his development up close and if he can be something for the future. Uh, you really have a good line of defenders. Can you see any one of those being shipped out as well? Uh, for for uh, for other pieces or, or getting um, getting other pieces in return being part of a big trader. Yeah, probably probably they will ship out at least one of the goaltenders, right? So probably I don't know what the value of Charlie Lindgren is right now because he hasn't really shown that much. Even even if a lot of Canadians fans have hope have had hope for his development. He hasn't really shown anything at the NHL level. He hasn't really impressed that much at the AHL level either. And he is, what is he, 26, 27 now? I don't know what his value is in comparison to Michael McNiven, but McNiven is at least younger. So perhaps there will be something there, but it won't be a lot. Um, I, I can I can see... Um, like it wouldn't surprise me now that they had the opportunity because I don't think they thought of bringing in an established NHL goaltender before the play-ins um, the way they did now in Jake Allen. I think that they were going to go with Demchenko as the backup and just roll the dice on him. But now perhaps they will actually, if, if a team really needs help with goaltending maybe they will flip a late round pick for Demchenko and Canadians can go with Lindgren McNiven as a backup tandem to do primo in the AHL yeah and you mentioned the the uh, play-ins especially but also the playoff round against Philadelphia uh, where you can see what a rested Carey Price can do in the playoffs and and yeah. that must have really been beneficial for the team to see if we rest him a little bit more and he can come in and play these games that only Carey Price can do more or less uh, then, then we got within the shot of, of making making it even further into the playoffs yeah and and we we saw what Jake Allen could do in the playoffs as well he played well play he outplayed Jordan Bennington this year um, so and it was interesting to hear what Jake Allen had to say as well when he was traded that he was just um, he was looking forward to to uh, joining a new organization and he was looking for uh, looking forward to backing up um, the greatest goaltender or one of the greatest goaltenders. I don't remember exactly what he said, but but he has embraced the role that he will have um, and he knows what role he he will have in the Canadians and and. It seems like he is all right with it, and he will embrace the opportunity to play play in Quebec. Yeah, it, it's obviously the the goalie history in Quebec and Montreal is strong, so there is something to to build upon. Obviously, it's it's a no a crowd that is known to appreciate goalies as well, but also to mm -hmm. get on their backs when when not everything is going right. Um, in other news, is there anything you want to talk about in general when it comes to Montreal Canadiens right now? If you look at, at a team um, that has reached the Stanley Cup final, because we're recording this the day after Dallas Stars made it, 
Um, one of the discussions is our Slack channel was a little bit like what differentiates the the stars from Montreal. <laughs> that they have Alexander Radulov. Yeah, we well, they have, they have, they have Miro Heiskanen too. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think there is not that kind of defender yet in, in the Montreal no. system. No. Or, and, or, uh, or maybe not in the system, but, but definitely not in, in the team. No, Montreal doesn't have that up and coming uh, first, uh, for, like elite defenseman. Uh, I mean, the closest we get is Shea Weber, but he's 34. Um, so, w of course, everyone's hoping for Romanov and, and everyone's hoping for Norlinder now. Uh, but we don't really have that elite level defenseman. But let's face it, no one would have seen Dallas Stars going to the Stanley Cup final a couple of months ago when they fired their coach. Um, Hudobin has been playing lights out as per usual with a Stanley Cup team. They they get that goaltender who's just in the zone, and yeah, it, it will be interesting to watch what will probably be a Stanley Cup final between a team from Texas and a team from Florida in October. It will be yeah very interesting. You sure it's not football season? Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It feels like football season, and it is. Football season is upon us as well. Yeah, um, we're, we're glad to for you to have listened so far on the pod. We're also glad that is it uh, two days to go, Anton. Yeah, it's no, it's three days actually. Friday, I'm being let out. Yeah, but, so. uh, but yeah, read my draft reports. Read our draft reports uh, in the meantime, because if you want to get a, a good look at who will Montreal will pick in the first three rounds, we will have at least now we have about 40 of them uh, written. So uh, so it will be a lot more uh, to to come. And hopefully we will have uh, yet uh, another few roster moves to talk about in the upcoming weeks. Yeah, we will also talk a little bit about the upcoming SHL season. We know that is going to go on. The Swedish club has made it clear that uh, no short-term NHL players are allowed. Hockey Allsvenskan has benefited from that. So a lot of Swedish players have joined Hockey Allsvenskan. But we'll take it's a deeper in, uh, look into the SHL season that starts on Saturday. Obviously, for Montreal Canadiens fans, it will include uh, a deep dive into Matthias Norlinder, and, of course, uh, some looks into what we can expect from Jacob Olofsson that has recovered uh, now and is playing for, uh, or has played the last couple of games for Hreftio in, in the preseason. It will be a very important season for, for Jacob Olofsson. And uh, when I spoke to Roger Runberg yesterday, he was um, not holding back on his thought about Matthias Norlinder. So please uh, listen to that. That is coming up uh, later this week. Thank you, Anton, for joining us. Thank you, guys, we for also, listening. We also have some breaking news before we end. Uh, that the Washington Capitals will hire Peter Laviolette as their new head coach. All right. Laviolette just, back into yeah. the NHL job. Uh, Anton, yeah. your, your, your first comment on that? Yeah, it's just, I think it's a great hire. I think that Todd Reardon wasn't really uh, the right guy from the start. I think that Laviolette is an established um, established resource in the NHL, and I think he will be a great uh, asset for the uh, for a team that's in win now mode. So, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts? Still no European. No, it's understandable no. uh, because they're with, with the season that is just about to start in in Sweden. 
um, and uh, then uh, later on in the in the uh, other European countries, it's understandable that you don't poach a coach, and and the coaches are having much more rigorous contracts and are not part yeah. of the European uh, NHL agreements either. So so there is that. But I'm a little bit tired. I like La Violette. It's not that, but I'm a little bit tired to see all these uh, same coaches just swapping places more around. it's a it's a yeah what do you it call feels it? like it's 35 40 coaches that's just going around yeah. it's around, musical around, chairs around, around. isn't it i mean montreal has been <laughs> mostly like it's been julian and then it's been therian and then it's been julian and then it's been Therian. like i mean montreal is more more of that than anyone really but uh, yeah it would be interesting to see some new uh, hockey names to just see what what a european guy could do what a guy like roger runberg for example could do with an nhl roster that would be interesting yeah and and also i think maybe you could probably, with the season that is, is about to start, you could probably approach Yuka Alonen from, from the Finnish hockey team, uh, mm. national hockey team. Uh, mm. And I think that would have been a very, very interesting pick. For does, the he speak, does he speak English well? Uh, he speaks English. Let's leave it at that. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't speak French, though. I've, I've asked no, him. So he, can't so. Be, he can't be Canadian's coach. Then. Yeah. But I've asked him. Uh, I've also asked Roger Rundberg, and he knew why I was asking. So next time, I should probably just hand over a a uh, textbook from seventh grade. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna start somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. Thank you again. Breaking news at the end. Um, Anton, best wishes yeah. for for um, the rest of the week. Um, how do you get food? Uh, well, I don't get I don't get anything delivered up here, so I'll just have to settle with um, I will just have to settle with breakfast and then ordering a pizza at the end of the day. All it's, right. Uh, yeah, it's a bit monotonous, but I'll settle. And uh, as you hear, Anton will uh, look like me at the end of this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. At the end of the quarantine, thank God it's only three days left. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a Thanks. good time.